We're continuing on the 10 tests of Avram Avinu. We're up to the 6th test. So the 6th test, the way most people count it, is... Want to sit down? Is it sure? The 6th test, the way most people count it, is the, the war between the 4 kings and the 5 kings. Not necessarily that number, but I'm saying that that idea is the war between the four kings and the five kings. The 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 the, the question is that you know what's what's Avinu's involvement in that war, and what does that have to do necessarily with Avramovino That it's a test for him. Why is it a test specifically for him? Say so in, in my book on Moshe and Kedish, I brought I set up the whole war between the four kings and the five kings in a very gishmaka way that, that there was like a geopolitical disagreement between them that the five kings were you know the kings of Stoim, Amira, Admatsvoyim and Soyar, the five places around Stoim and its surrounding. And we said that those were B'nai Shem, descendants of Shem, and that the four kings were from more from Mesopotamia and they were descendants of Ham and they decided that the descendants of Ham came in and decided they want to conquer the descendants of Shem and and they and they 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 they, they 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 won and they fought, they fought them they subjugated these these five kings of Sodom and then they subjugated them for thirteen for twelve years and they they made the people of Sodom pay them taxes or whatever the thirteenth year they decided we're not paying the taxes anymore and then in the fourteenth year the people of the, the four kings of, of Mesopotamia decided to go fight these kings of Sodom the five kings of Sodom that's from a geopolitical sort of perspective. Shouldn't the five kings win over the four kings because there's more of them? Well, it, not necessarily. Because the, the five kings are, are, fought, are only five kings of city-states. Stoim, Amara, Adma, and Swayim were like, each was a city in, in, the, in the region of the Kikar Yarden, the Jordan River Valley. On the other hand, the, the, the four kings, each one had like a whole kingdom, you know, Kedalaim and Melech Elam is like, you know, Elam is Persia, right? And Rafal uh, Shinar, so Shinar is Babylonia. Near Persia, it is Persia, something like that. So, like, these were, could be they were bigger kings and they had more people. So, that's from a geopolitical perspective. But the question is, what was the Chazal tell us that really what was underlying behind this whole war was they were trying to get to Avram Avinu. They're trying to do something against the Ramavino. I'll tell us that Amraphel Melech Shinar, he's one of the four kings. Amraphel, the king of Shinar, is really the same as Nimrod. Amraphel is Nimrod. Chazal Tzgemar in Erevin, Daphnon Gimel, says that Amraphel is Nimrod. Why is he called Amraphel? Because Amraphel is Lashem Nefila, making him fall, because he was Hippil Avramavino, Teich Kibshana Eish. So that's why he's called Amraphel. Sefer Yasha says it a little bit differently that Nimrod is called Amraphel because it used to be that Nimrod was like on top of everyone over there in Mesopotamia. But what happened was Kedala Omer, the king of Elam, he sort of, he, he, the, the balance of power shifted that Elam became more powerful than Bavel at that point in history, which is why if you look at the, the, the four kings, it lists Kedala Omer first. So, so, so Nimrod sort of fell from his position, so that's why it's called Abraffel, which is Lashem Nefila. He like sort of fell from his position. But they, they, they made an alliance for kings, and they decided they're going to come fight the fight. But Chazal tells that Abraffel is Nimrod. We've spoken before about the, the, 
let's say, competition, so to speak, between Nimrod and Avram Avinu. We spoke about it by Migdal Bovel, that Nimrod was the one leading Migdal Bovel, and Avram Avinu was like giving them muster and trying to get them to stop. And it comes up in a few other places as well. You know, Nimrod, we said that Nimrod threw Avram Avinu into a fiery furnace, etc. So there's a, there's a fight between Nimrod, who's known as Amraphel, and Avram Avinu. So the, what it seems like Chazar are telling us is that the whole war between the four kings and the five kings was really a pretense for the four kings to come to the land of Canaan to, to do something against Avram Avinu. That's what it seems the Chazal were telling us. Nusayin Ashishi. Now we'll, we'll read the Medish. Nusayin Ashishi. The sixth test of Avram Avinu was Bayu Elav Kol HaMalachim Lahargoy. All the kings, or all those four kings, came to kill him. Or it says Elav, which means they came to him. The Radha says it's just Bo Olav, they came upon him. They came upon him like to do something together. Now they came to him like they came to visit. The other Girsa is Bo Amrafel Vachol Chavero Lahargoy. Amrafel and his friends came to kill Avram Avinu. So they came to kill Avram Avinu. What was their strategy to, 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 to kill Avram Avinu? Also, they said, Nachal Rishayin Beben Achiv. First, we'll start with his, with his brother's son, with his nephew, Lot. Then, we're going to start up with him. Or the Radal changes the gears, not Naschel boy, but Nilcham boy. Then, we're going to fight him. First, we're going we're gonna to start up with his nephew, then we're going to fight him. We'll have to see why didn't they start, it off with Avram, start up with Avram directly. What were they trying to do over here? The Radal has an idea that this is the reason, because they were trying to, to sort of lure out Avram Avinu, so they were, that's why they attacked Lot and they didn't kill him. They just kidnapped him. They didn't kill him. Because they, they knew that if they killed him, so then there's nothing to do anymore. But if they kidnapped him, they knew Avram Avinu was going to come out and try to rescue him. And then when Avram Avinu comes out, they'll find Avram Avinu and kill him. Because right? the, the whole point was to try to kill him. Interestingly, the, the Zoyar says a little bit differently. It says in the Zoyar, that the reason why they kidnapped Lot was because Lot looks like Avram Avinu and they thought that he was Avram Avinu, so that's why they kidnapped him. It's an interesting idea. So Chazal tells us, Because of Lot, the four kings took all the property of Sodom and Amairah, and then they kidnapped Lot and his property. Shneimer, they captured Lot and his property. Shneimer says in the Pasuk, Vayichos kol ruchush sadeim v'amayra, etc. That they took all the property of Sadaim and Amayra. There's kol ochlam v'yelechu. That's what it says in the Pasuk. The Baitz HaGadol has a very interesting diuk in the Pasuk. It says, it says in the Pasuk, Vayichos Lot v'esrechushoi ben achi Avram v'yelechu. And they took Lot and his property, who was the nephew of Avram, and they went. Why is it telling us that Lot was the nephew of Avram? We know Lot is the nephew of Avram. Why over here specifically did the trap to speak out again that Lot was the nephew of Avram? So the Baisa Gadol says it's coming to allude to this idea that the only reason why they did something against Lot was because really they were trying to get to Avram Avinu. So the question is, as I said before, why did they, why did they do attack of sort of attack Avram in this indirect way? That first they start off by going to Lot and then and then trying to, to attack Avram. Why don't they just like, find him, kill him himself? Why are they trying to do it in a roundabout way? So, Rabbi Leomi Izmir in the Vloy Oyed Ella, he says like this. He says that 
they saw the great miracles that happened for Avraham Avinu. They threw him into a fiery furnace and he didn't die. Right? So obviously there's something, there's something special about him. And they, were, they figured that maybe he did it through witchcraft. In which case, you know, if we can sneak up upon him and not give him a chance to do witchcraft, then, then you know, then, then we, could, we could defeat him. Or maybe there really is a God that's protecting him, and, and that's why he's so successful. And if we go fight him directly, we're not going to win. So they wanted to test it out. And the Rav Chaim Falaji adds another, another, another twist to this idea. This is that what we saw that Avram Avinu was thrown into a fiery furnace, and he, he was saved. When Horan was thrown in, his brother... So he died. So, so you know, do, do they have a special protection or do they not have a special protection? So they figured, we'll start up with Avraham Avinu's nephew, with Lot, and we'll see what happens. You know, if we're successful, we're going we're to make a war. Well, if we're successful, we, we are able to capture him and, and nothing happens to us. So then we could try seeing what, what happens if we try to start up with Avraham Avinu. If we're not successful, then we know that there's someone protecting him or whatever, then we don't want to mess. So because, so, so Rabbi Yomi Isbah says that Hashem realized that, you know, Hashem obviously knows that that's what they were trying to do. So he allowed them to be successful and, and think to themselves, oh, there is no, there is no God protecting him. Now we're going to start up with Avram Avinu. And then they got defeated when they, when they started up with Avram Avinu. Right. The angel Michal came and told Avram Avinu that Lord was captured. Because it says in the Pesach, vaya palit, vaya The refugee came and he told Avram the Hebrew. So what does it mean, vaya palit, the refugee? So Pashat Pshat, even without, let's say without Rashi, you would say Pashat Pshat, the refugee means somebody who was involved in the war and he ran away from the war came and told Avram Avinu that Lord was kidnapped. That's, what you would, that's how you would read it. Uh, Rashi famously says, no. Hapolit, the refugee, is talking about Og. It's a very interesting Rashi because Rashi says it in sort of two ways. Rashi says, Poshipshad in the Pasuk is that it's talking about Og. And why is he called a refugee? Because he was a refugee from this war. He ran away from the war, so he's called a polit. But there's a Medrash that says that it's talking about Og. And why is he called a refugee? Because he survived the flood. So Rashi is saying it's for sure talking about Og. The question is, why is Og called a refugee? So either it's because he survived this war or because he survived the Mabu. But, that, but that's like accepting. He, Rashi didn't have, a, didn't have a Hava Amina to say that, no, this, this politist stunned some guy from the war, not, not Og. No, it's for sure Og. It says in the Apostle, Hapolit, the refugee. Why is he called the refugee? So that, the Radal says that that is what, is, is what hinted sort of to Rashi that it's not talking about a refugee of the war because they would just say, oh, a refugee of the war came. Why does it say the refugee? It sounds like we're talking about a person who is a refugee. He, he was, he's like an, an eternal refugee. He was a refugee even before this war. So how, how, how could someone be a ref, refugee before this war? Oh, must be that it's talking about Og. That's what Rashi Chobosh would say. Now, the Medish over here is going with a completely different uh, Mahalach. It's going in a, completely different, in a completely different direction. Here the Medish is saying that this pilot, this refugee, is not talking about Og. It's talking about the Malach Michal. Why is Michal, the Malach, 
Michal, why is he called a refugee? Says the Medrash. Michal, Michal, the prince of the world, he would tell Avram Avinu about it. Shinara, it says in the Pasuk, in Kehelas, Uval Kenafayim Yagid Dover, the one with the wings, he says the matter. So we see that the one with the wings, the Michal, the Malach, he's the one who tells over the, the matter. For Lamanic Christian by Polit, why is Michal called a Polit, a refugee? Because at the time that Kaddish Baruch Hu brought down Sami, our good friend Sami, and his entourage from the high place of Kedusha, because before the sin of Adam Rishon, so Sami, Sami is our name for uh, the, the Malach, the Satan, the Samal. So. <laughs> So, so Hashem, he used to be in a lofty position in in the let's say the, the in the let's say the allegorical government in the Shemayim, whatever that means. So he had a lofty position, and Hashem took him down from that position. So when Hashem, we spoke about this before in Parakidim when Hashem took him down from that position, so it says Achaz as Hashem was pulling him down from his high position, so this Malach Sami grabbed onto the wing of Michal and said, if I'm going down, I'm taking him down with me. And, and so when Hashem was pulling down Sami, so he was also pulling down Michal. Hashem saved the Malach Michal from the hand of Sami. That's why the Malach Michal is called a refugee. Because he was saved from being pulled down with with the with the other with the that mal, the evil mal, and about him Mechazkel says, that a pullet from Yerushalayim came and told me that the city has been smitten. A pullet is a refugee, and Chazal is telling us that that refugee that told Yechezkel that Yerushalayim was destroyed is, is is referring to Michal. Yeah, we mentioned before that Rashi and other places in Chazal tell us that this pullet that told. Avram Avinu, that Lot was kidnapped, is Oig. Here we're saying that it was Michal. The question is, why over here is Pekut Abeliezer not going with, like, let's say, the mainstream Mahalach, that it was Og? Why are, we, why are we saying something different? So I want to say that it could be that the reason why Pekut Abeliezer is saying that the polit is, is not Og is because Pekut Abeliezer understands that Eliezer is Og. We said in Parak Tazayin that, that Og is Eliezer, Eliezer is Og, whatever, it's the same person. Yeah? So it, it, according to Pekas of Eliezer, that if Eliezer is Og and Og is the same person, then it would, it would cut out very funny if you said that the polit is talking about Og. Because what happens? The polit refugee, meaning Og slash Eliezer, comes and tells Avram Avinu that Lot is kidnapped. And then Avram Avinu goes and he, he gets his friend Eliezer to come with him to go fight the kings. But it's just, it's just funny because like the guy who told him about it, he's the guy that he's taking with him and going to fight. But we don't see that anyone like speaks out or like mentions this idea that the guy who told him about it was the guy that's helping him fight. We're going to see later on that Eliezer was the one who helped Avram Avinu fight the four kings. All right? So why do we... What? She holds up both the police and Eliezer are old. No, Rashi, Rashi never says that Eliezer is Og. Rashi, right. So, Pirkei Blessed, who understood that Og is Eliezer, didn't want to say that the Pollet is so Og. What? So, according to Pirkei Blessed, who's Pollet? 
who is the pallet? The Malach Michal. That's what we're saying. But let's, I want to read um, the Pesukim over here. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll see some interesting points in the Pesukim. And then we'll see, we can appreciate better what the Medrash is trying to say. This is Bereshis, Perik Yudalid, Pasuk, let's say Yudalid. Vayishma uh, Avram, Avram heard Kinish Ba'achiv, that his brother was kidnapped. Brother is Lavdavka, means his nephew. Vayarek es Chanichov, and he roused his students, Yilidei Vesai, the ones who were born in his house. So we have to know why are students called born in his house. Shmoyin Asar Ushleish 318. What's the significance of 318? Vayedayf Adon, and he chased, he chased the four kings, the Don. Laila, and the, the night split upon them, upon him and his servants, and he was able to smite them. And he chased them all the way to Choiva, which is left of Damascus. That's the Psukim. It's a big question we're going to discuss. First, it said that he chased them till dawn, and then it says that he chased them to Choiva. Is that talking about one place, or is that talking about two places? So we'll, we'll have to see what, how, how the Medrash understands it, and how Rashi understands it, and other Mepharshim. Lokach Avram et Shleishes Talmidov ve'es Eliezer Avdai Imoy. The Medrash says, Avram Avidu took three of his students, and he took his servant Eliezer with him. Because it says in the Pasuk that he took Chanichov Yilidei Vesoi, so, Chanichav, Yelidei Vesoi, are his Talmidim. Those are his students. And the Marzu says that those students are Aner, Eshkel, and Mamre. These three Canaanite people that hung out with Avramavinu were his good friends. They were also his students. Aner, Eshkel, and Mamre, those are the three people that he took with him. Why are they called Yelidei Vesoi? That they were born in his house. So, Chazal tell us that a person who teaches terror to somebody, it's as if he gave birth to him. Um, it's a Gemara in Megillah, I believe. And the Gemara brings a Pasuk that says, I forgot exactly the words of the Pasuk and where it is, but it says something that, like, these are the descendants of Moshe Rabbeinu, and then it, it lists off, like, uh, and, and, and these are the descendants of Aaron, and it only mentions the descendants of Aaron, not the descendants of Moshe Rabbeinu. So the question is, why does it say only the descendants of Aaron? It says, these are the descendants of Moshe and Aaron. And the answer is because. Moshe was the Rebbe of Aaron's sons, so therefore it's considered as if they're his descendants. So that's why these, these three people, Aner, Eshkel, and Mamre, are considered, who are Avinu's Talmidim, his students, they're called Yelide Vesa. They grew, they were born in his house because he made them into people. He, he, he birthed them in a way. What? Yes, Chazal tell us that he consulted with them to, before he did his business, whatever exactly that means, because it's like, what was the question exactly? So some people say that, and that means like, he, he asked them, should he do it in public, or should he do it in private? There's different, different things that people say about what, what was he asking them. Well, Chazal tell us, Chazal tell us, Ezul Chacham, a person who learns from everyone. It's a mission office. It says, I learned from my students more than I learned from all my teachers. 
that that's the fine. So Avraham Avinu took his three students and Eliezer Vorodaf Acharehem Ad Don, and he chased after the four kings until he chased them away till Don. Who Pamyas? Don, the city called Don, is Pamyas. Shinamar, it says in the Pasuk, Vayirdaif ad Don. He chased them till Don. We'll explain what, where, where exactly this city is in a few minutes. Visham Nesakev at Tzadik. At that place, this place called Don, that's where the, the Tzadik was Nesakev. He was like, he got stuck over there for some reason. Why? Shisham Nemar Loi Avraham, because there it was told to Avraham. You should know that your descendants are going to dis- are, are going to are destined to do a vayizor in this place. It says in the pasuk, in Malachim Aleph, in Perikid Beis, your favorite pair. <laughs> when it's talking about Yoravam ben Navat, who was the king of the northern, the ten tribes of the northern Israelite kingdom, after it split from the southern Judean kingdom, Rachavam. Ben Shlomo, so Yeravam Ben Avat was the king, and he decided, you know, I don't want, I have a big problem because if the people from my kingdom go to Yerushalayim three times a year to be Oilol Regal, so then they're going to have a connection to Yerushalayim and the king of Yerushalayim, and then they might rebel against me or it might take away from my sovereignty, and I don't want that to happen. So what did he do instead? He erected an eagle in Beis El and another eagle, a, a golden calf in Don. And he said to people, you can worship there instead of worshiping in Yerushalayim. That's what Yeravim and Avat did. Oh, so you're asking a good question. You're asking a good question. Gush Dan is Tel Aviv. Gush Dan is Tel Aviv. Now, what we call Gush Dan was... This is a very complicated sugya. But what we call Gush Dan is the area, more or less of what in the original lottery of the division of the land of Eretz Yisrael fell to the portion of Don. That Tel Aviv, Yafo, Bnei Brak, whatever, that area was more or less, right? Now, we also find in Sefer Shoftim, it's also alluded to in Sefer Yeshua and Perak Yutes, but it's more, it's spoken out a little bit better in Sefer Shoftim in Perak Yurches by the story of Pesel Micha. So it says that the people of Don didn't have a place to live and they were looking for a place to live. Uh, they, and they found this nice place in the, let's say, in the north, northeast part of Eretz Yisrael, in what, let's say, what we call nowadays the, in the Golan area, the Golan Heights area. So there was a city called Laish, and the people in Laish were very weak because they didn't have any allies. And they said, we're gonna, us, the Bnei Don, we're going to go fight these people of Laish, take over the city, and we're going to make a city over there. Yeah. That's what they did. They, they, they took over Laish. Well, Okay, so they took over this place Laish, and they made a city called Leshem, which the Gemara is, uh, and, uh, and it's also it's before the Pesukim that Leshem is also called Don. It's, it's the same city, and that that's the city of Don. And then generations later, in the time of Yeravam Benavat, he put up one of his eagles over there in Don. Right. Uh, the question is, if they already had. If Bnei Don already had their portion in the area that you call Gush Don, so what's this city done over there in the Golan? It's like no shaykhs, right? It's not. It's obviously not a contiguous property territory. So like, where it's like interrupted. So some of our, I think the Radak says this that the the area that was originally allotted to Shevet Don wasn't big enough, 
and they had too many, they were too popular they were too populous and they couldn't fill it up so they, they needed they needed to go elsewhere so they also had like a colony in, in the Golan area other Mufarshim say that you know, they, were, they got kicked out by the Plishtim so they had to find a different place to live there's different there's different Pirushim to know exactly why Dun needed two places but what's clear is that this place called Dun is in what we call the Golan area yeah, what were you saying? Oh yeah. Uh, that's what I think they call it Keldon today. Keldon. Uh, okay, fine. It, it and the reason it's called the, the Yarden is called Don. Right. Water region. So Yarden is done. That's what they call the start. Right. Before the Jordan. Yeah. The Jordan, that's the, well, the Jordan, the snow from the Kerman, all that. Right. That's the Gemara. The Gemara in Bukhari, Stafnan, says that the reason why it's called Yarden is Yared Don. It comes down from the, the Don River. Who says that? Uh, it says that that's why they, didn't, they, 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 they needed another place? They didn't ah. I, I, I'm pretty sure that the Red Dock says something like what I said that they, they, they filled up their thing and they, they didn't have any they didn't have enough room for everyone. Right. Ah. So he's saying it's because they didn't conquer their whole area. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, so when they got to Don, that's where Avram Avinu got stuck because it was, Hashem told him that in this place, that's where they're going to have an Avedah Zar over here. In, in, in the time of Yerav and Benavat, he's going to put an eagle here. And so Avram Avinu did so, sort of a paradigm shift and he switched, switched, switched strategies and how to fight the four kings. And it says in Medrash, Bisham iniach talmidav unashehem imam. There in that city, in that area, Don, that's where he left his Talmidim and their wives. Now the Radal says, why are there wives here? We're in the middle of a war. Why did they bring their wives? So, so, he, so the Radal wants to change his Talmidav v'anashehem imam. His students and their men. Meaning that his students had men with them. Like their, their attendees and their, his students' students and etc. I looked in the in the Higra edition of Pekka David Lazar and in the Higra edition of Pekka David it, it doesn't say the words in Hashem Imam. It just takes out that whole that, those two words. Right. So Avraham Avinu, when they got to Don, he left his Talmidim over there. But he took Eliezer, his servant, with him, and he continued chasing the four kings. The number or the sum of the letters of the name of Eliezer, meaning the gematria of the name Eliezer, is 318. 
what's it called? Shmaina of Asar Ushleishmayais is referring to Eliezer. The Avram Avinu took Eliezer. And Avram and Eliezer chased these people, the four kings, till left of Damascus. He chased up to Choyva, which is left of Damascus. That's what it says in the Medrash. That basically the Medrash is understanding that there, were, there was a two steps over here. First, he chased them to Don. And then at Don, Avram Avinu felt something happen, and he decided to switch strategies. And he decided that instead of having him with all his Talmudim chasing them, it's just going to be him and Eliezer. And then he and Eliezer continued to chase him from the middle of that night. And then they all the way to this place called Choyva, which is on the left of Damascus. That's what it says in the Medrash. Now, What, what, this place called Don. So the Medrash said, what is Don? Don is Pamyas. What is Pamyas? So there's an, there's an interesting idea over here. I mean, it's an interesting discussion. We said Don or Leshem, the Gemara says in Megillah also, it says Leshem zu Pamyas. Leshem is Pamyas. So this city called, was originally called Laish, then the, the Don took it over, called Don or Leshem. And, and Chazal are telling us that it's called Pamyas. In the times of the Greeks, that city was called Pamyas. Now, Josephus, in, in, or in, in Antiquities, I believe, writes that the city Pamyas is named after the Greek god Pan, or Pan. I think it's pronounced Pan. It was like the god of like fertility and animals and something like that. You can look him up on Wikipedia. And then they named the city after him Pamyas. So Radal says that Chazal switched the name from Panyas with a Nun to Pamyas with a Mem because you know, they didn't want to like they didn't want to conjure the name of Avodah so they sort of switched the name a little bit and they call it Pamyas and Pamyas says the Radal is an allusion to the words P-Mas the, the disgusting mouth so they, they, they sort of want to deride that, that name of Avodah they call it Pamyas instead of which was the Greek name for that city. Now, th- what's it called nowadays? So, Rav Sadia Gain, in his Pirish and Chumish, on this Adon, Rav Sadia Gain says that Don is Banyas. It's now known as Banyas. That area that was historically Don is known as the Banyas. On our map, it's like what Rabbi Felder was saying. I, I, I said Golan, I wasn't being exact, but, but Rabbi Felder is actually more technically right. It's along, you know, on, on the north of the Jordan River. I don't know if you could see it, but because Eretz Yisrael is very small compared to the rest of the Middle East. Now here's Eretz Yisrael. This is the Jordan River. You know, this is like, let's say, over, this area over here is, let's say, the, the Golan. So somewhere like closer to the Jordan River than like it's not east of the Jordan River like the Golan, but it's like northern here over here. North, 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 north of. North of. I think it's in Israel today. It's in Israel. 
Yeah, on the border between Israel and Lebanon. The Banyas, yeah, the Banyas. Because the Arabs can't. Oh, 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 oh. So why is it called? Nablus was really named by the Romans Naples. And the Arabs called it the Nablus. You hear, you guys, you hear this? No, but say, why is it called Banyas? If, 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 if the, the Greeks called it Panyas, why do the Arabs call it Banyas? So the answer is because Arabs can't pronounce the P sound. They pronounce all P's as B's. Which, by the way, is a big proof that there's no such thing as the Palestinian people. Because they can't even pronounce the word Palestinian. They call themselves Palestinian. Yeah, Naples. Yeah. The question is, what does BBC stand for? You know what BBC stands for? Palestinian Broadcasting Company. <laughs> Alcoponim, so, so this Panyas, Banyas, Panyas, whatever, it's all, that, that's, that's this city over here, um, right, like, let's say, in the, in, in, between the border of, Arab, Arab, of Israel and, and Lebanon. Yeah? Then he chased them, Avram Avinu left his students there at that place, Panyas, and he chased them, he and Eliezer chased them to the left of Damascus. Now here's Damascus. What does it mean, the left of Damascus? So there's many proofs to this idea, but... The, when it talks, when the Torah talks about left and right as directions, it, me, it always means that left is north and right is south. Because if you're facing, that's like our stam fa- is facing towards the east. Like the, the default location is facing eastwards. I once wanted to say it's because we say that um, Adam Rishon, when he was created, was created with his face towards the east. So the tesis in the Bavavasra. He was fa- created with his fa- fa- face going towards the east. So therefore, left means north, and south means, means, means uh, right means south. So left of Damascus means north of Damascus. Aroma and Eliezer chased them to north of Damascus. That's very good. That's if you learn that this was a two-step process, like it says over here in Perkut Eliezer, and like it says in the Ramban in Chumash. Even though the Ramban doesn't say it in the name of Perkut Eliezer, but it, that's more or less the idea. Rashi says differently. Rashi says that when it says he chased them till dawn, fine, that's dawn. And then when it says again, in the middle of the night, split upon them, whatever, and then he chased them till Chayva, Asher Mismola Damasek. He chased them till Chayva, which is left of Damascus. What is Chayva? Rashi says, Chayva is another name for dawn. Chayva is the same place as dawn. Why is it called Chayva? Because the Jews were guilty with, at, at that place, because that's where they were in the time of Yovan ben Avat. So that's why it's called Chayva. That's what Rashi says. So Rashi understands it's the same place. Now the question is, according and Tagim Yerushalayim says the same thing. Now, the question is, according to Rashi, we know where Don is. How could you tell uh, Don is this place Panyas, Panyas, whatever? How could you tell us that it's north of Damascus? It's not north of Damascus. It's south of Damascus. It's, yeah, that's not done. That's it's a, it's completely different place. And it's a big question. I asked um, Rav Mordechai Manuel this week, Yerush I, I asked him. He's a, he's a big expert in the borders of Eretz Yisrael. I don't know if you know that, but he's a big expert. Yeah. So I asked him about this. And he said, Yeah, I don't know. It's a very difficult Rashi. I don't know what to say about it. So I, I emailed a friend of mine who wrote a safer on the borders where it's still called. Oh yeah, I should speak to him there actually. I, you, can, you can ask him this. 
as I, I, I emailed a friend of mine who wrote a safer on the borders of Eretz called Eretz Tzvi. His name is Tzvi Sullivan. He, he's, right now he's learning in the Kuala in Houston, Texas. It's very interesting. Say he used like Google Maps to like put things together. It's very, it's it's very good. But so I asked him about this, and he 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 pointed me to a, a place in his sefer where he sort of discusses this. And he says that according to Rashi, and this is a doichik, but this is this is what you have to say. According to Rashi, Don is not necessarily the name of just a city. It's the name of a region, and that region extends from the city Don to also north of Damascus. That, that's more or less what he says. It's a doichik, it's a big doichik, but you know, it's Rashi, you have, to, you have to do something with the Rashi. I have to look at you when the Rebbe talks about that Rashi. Oh. Well, he discusses these type of questions? You have to check. Okay. What? Uh, uh, you know, we said that, that Avram Avinu split his camp, more or less. When he got to Don, according to Pekizabili Azar, it says that when he got to Don, so he left his students and everyone in Don, and then he and Eliezer chased, them, chased the four kings uh, northwards, right? So the question is, why did he split his camp? Like, what, where did this idea come from? So, the Radal, so you could say that you know, he's, he's doing it like we find by Yaakov Avinu that that was a strategy of war. You know, so that if, if one gets attacked and defeated, so at least someone, someone's going to survive. That's one idea. The Radal says four explanations why Avram Avinu split his, split his machana. Wabshad is based on the Gemara Nidorim, Daflamit Bezim Ralf. We're going to see in the next parak that Avram Avinu was informed after this story that his descendants are going to be are going to be uh, in a foreign land, slaves in a foreign land for 400 years, v'chulu, v'chulu, shibur malchiyos. The question is, what did Avram Avinu do wrong that he deserved this type of punishment, that his descendants are going to be you know, in a foreign land for 400 years? What did he do wrong? So Gemara says, that Avram Avinu was nanash al-shinas angariya betalmidei chalchamim. Because he used talmidei chalchamim as fighters. He took his students. What did he do with his students? He took them out of the base marriage and he used them to help him fight the four kings. So Hashem doesn't, does, doesn't like it when you pull people out of the base marriage and use them to fight. What, what, the shot was of Am Yisrael, only the Tamil Chacham were known to fight. It was the Tamil Chacham. You, you couldn't go to war unless you were a big Tamil Chacham. I, I don't know. Where do you see him approaching us? I don't. The famous story of the Chavetz Chaim. Yeah, and then they won the battle. Right. The story of Kibuya Chitim. It could be. It depends on what time period we're talking about. It could be. There's a difference between pulling them out and forcing people to 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 fight in the army. And having the Tamil Chachamim be the ones who volunteer and, and are the most successful. It's a good question. We have to, we have to think about it. Who's he going to get? Who's he going to get? I don't think he can hire mercenaries. Maybe. I don't know. Another question, another Nukuda. So, so, so the Radal says that Avram Avinu, when, when he got to Don and he realized like something happened over there, he felt, he felt weaker. So he was Mepashmish by myself. He searched in his deeds. And he realized that he did something wrong over here by, by drafting his students. So he decided, no, I'm just going to take it alone. Me and Eliezer will go by ourselves. We're not going to use the students anymore. That's one shot the Radal says. The other shot the Radal says is that 
with another Nakuda that Rav Chaim Vital in uh, it's brought down in Chesed Lavrom from the Chidoz's grandfather he, he brings with Shem Rav Chaim Vital that how was it that Avram Avinu was able to chase him from Don to north of Damascus in such a short in one night in such a short period of time you have to say that there was Kvitsa Zadarach so Chaim Vital says that there was Kvitsa that they had a special Kvitsa Zadarach when they were fighting now Avram Avinu Figured, look, I can understand that I would have Kfisa Zadar because you know he understood where he, that he's a tzaddik and a tamachacham, etc. So he understood that he he would he deserved Kfisa Zadar, and he also understood that we know that Eliezer for sure had Kfisa Zadar. In Parakta Zion, we spoke about Eliezer's mission to go find the shidduch for for Yitzchok. So we spoke about Eliezer Kfisa Zadar both on the way there and on the way back, right? We went into all the details, like what time did he leave and what time did he get there. So we are Eliezer had kisses there. So Avram Avinu figured I have kisses there and Eliezer has kisses there. So me and Eliezer, we know we have kisses there. We can fight them. But the other people, my other students, I don't know what's going to be with them. Maybe they don't—they're not zeichet to kisses there. So I don't want to mess with that. We'll leave them behind, and it'll just be me and me and Eliezer. That's what another pshat the Radal says. And the fourth pshat the Radal wants to say is because who are his students? We said his students were Anna Ashkel and Mamre. We said that Anna Ashkel and Mamre. They themselves were Canaan. They were Canaanites. And we know that in the future, what's going to happen is, what, what, what would happen would be that the Yidin, in the time of the Shaftim, they didn't, they didn't get rid of all the Canaanim like they were supposed to. And it was the Canaanim that caused them to do, start doing a Zara and going out and, and straying from Hashem. And that caused a lot of the punishments that happened in, you know, Sefer Shaftim, Shmuel, Malachim, etc. Right? It was the influence of those Canaanim. So Avram Avinu realized that like, just like when he went to Don, he felt weaker because in the future they were going to do a Vedazara there. He thought that if he takes Anar, Eshkel, and Mamre with him, it's going to actually weaken him because their descendants, those, the Canaanim who are going to be descendants of Anar, Eshkel, and Mamre are going to be the ones that, that cause the downfall of Chal Yisrael. So he didn't want to bring them with him. It'll be, it might be a Kitrug. So he left them in Don and he took Eliezer and, and, and went to fight them himself. Yeah, according yeah, Eliezer is not from Kran, according to the picture of Eliezer. Eliezer is from Oig. It's Oig. Domestic. Because that's Nahumish. Eliezer is domestic. Domestic Eliezer. What does that mean, domestic Eliezer? What does that mean? He lived in domestic? He worked in. You should know. You you, you mentioned this, so I now have to say The Teretzmimo on that postage of domestic Eliezer wants to say that. Why is he called domestic Eliezer? Because he was Avram Avinu's servant. And it says the word domestic is, comes from the word domestic. He was his domestic. He was, which like in, in French means like, you know, like a servant. It's, it's, used, it's not so much used in English. But he was his servant. To, that's what it means, Eliezer help. domestic. You use that word for help. Yeah, you do. You but have a, someone coming to you. What's that called? Speak. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll compare him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why did you say that? <laughs> I'll co- yeah, fine. So that, that, that's, that, those are the four pshatim that the Radal says why, why he, he decided to leave his Talmudim behind and he and Eliezer went to, to fight themselves. Um, I feel like I'm missing a point over here. Oh well. So it says, Vayecholik Alehem Laila, the night split for them. Chazal tell us 
in Gemara and Sanhedrin says that Vayicholik Aleim Laila is referring to the Malach named Laila, that the Malach named Laila, which has to do with, with the birth of people, that's, in, that's the Malach that takes the Nishamas and puts them in the, in the bodies. That Malach helps Avram Avinu fight the people of the, the four kings. That's what Gemara and Sanhedrin says. What? Laila, Laila. No, don't confuse it with her. She's somebody else, yeah. Shmuel Katan Aimer. Shmuel Katan says, Sham Nechlak Layalayla. There, the knight was apportioned, appropriated to him. The knight was given over to Avram Avinu. Vayecholik, like a Russian of, not split, like Vayecholik, like a Russian of, like Lechalik, to split something, but like more of a Russian of Chaluka. It was like giving over, you're giving, giving, appropriating. Right? The knight was appropriated to Avram Avinu. He halayla shahaisa mikaidim. That was the night that was there from before. The night that, that was there was ah. Oh, that's what I missed. I now remember. Right. I I, I mentioned the, uh, just go to go back to what we were speaking about before. I mentioned that there was a machlekes between Rashi and Targum Yerushalmi, which understood that Don and Chayv are are, two, are are the same place. And Pirkei Eliezer understood that. And the Ramban understood. Pirkei Eliezer and the Ramban understood that Don and Chayv are two different places. So the Radal actually wants to make has a whole Arichas over in Ois Yudchas. The Radal wants to say that the Pigdevils understood like Rashi. But okay, whatever. Okay, okay back, back to the night. Right? So that night, which was there from Mikoidim from, from, from earlier on, from history, Hashem gave over to Avram Avinu that this night is going to be a special night. That was the night that Kodesh Baruch Hu had hit the Egyptian firstborns. He halayla sheikah by Avram esam malachim. That was the night that Avram defeated the four kings. Shemar vayecholik aleihem layla. The night was given over to them. That's how the Medrash is understood. It was given. The, Hashem gave them that night. Ali mentioned again in the previous parak. We said that the night that Sarah was abducted was also Lil Pesach, the night that Hashem smote the Bukhari Mitzrayim. So here we're saying the same thing again about the night of the four, that Avraham Avinu defeated the four kings. That was also the night of Lil Pesach. In the previous parak, we also said that maybe the night that that Avimelech abducted Sarah was also the night of Pesach. Okay, if we're keeping track. We're gonna have this one more time in the next parak, but. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's also there's a lot of mention about it with the sand and the the, the sand turned into arrows or whatever. But the, the Pirkei Blazer doesn't get into that. It happens to be the, the recanting when it, when he brings down in this in the name of Pirkei Blazer this this piece that Avraham Avinu defeated the four kings in Leil Pesach. So he also says that that was also the night that Achashverosh couldn't sleep. And the story of the book of Esther, that Chashesh wasn't able to sleep that night, so the recounted says that was also Leil Pesach. We said, and when I said last week that the story of, of Avimelech abducting Sarah happened in Leil Pesach, so one of the sources I cited was Targum on Esther Perikvav Pasach Aleph, which says that that night of Balayla Nadadashashmelech was Leil Pesach, so this is, it all fits into the same thing. It's all, all these things are Leil Pesach. And it was in the middle of the night, which is, is talking about the same that that night. It was in the middle of the night, the night that Hashem gave over to Avram Avinu and his descendants that they're going to have the gulos on that on that night. Right. 
Hillel Hazakin Oimer. Hillel the elder said, Lakach Avram is called Ruchush Sedaim Amaira, Vachazar Bishalim. Avram Avinu took all the property of Sedaim and Amaira and he returned in peace. Vloyneder Loy Ad Echad. And nothing was missing from him, not even one piece was missing to him. Shinamar, not even one piece was missing. Shinamar, Vayashev Eskol Ruchush. He returned all the property. He, he went, he fought, he defeated the four kings, and he took all the property that, that they took from the five kings, and he returned everything. Every little piece of property that they took, he gave it back. Avram Avinu was scared after this story where he defeated the, 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 the four kings. Ba'amar, and he said, Is it possible that it killed all these multitudes of people and there wasn't a tzaddik from within them? He was scared. Maybe I killed a mistake or by purpose or something. I must have, maybe I killed somebody who didn't really deserve to be killed. We call it friendly fire in, in English. Right? Hashem said to him, Don't worry, Avram. The end of the passage says, I'm going to protect you. Your merits are very, very uh, numerous. We'll speak more about that passage in the next parak, but that's what it says. About this, the passage says, The road on his feet, it didn't come. What does that mean? means when you're going on the road, so sometimes the road gets on, gets on your feet. What does it mean the road gets on your feet? So if you're talking about a dirt path and you're walking and your feet get dirty from the dirt path, the dirt sticks to your feet, right? When you were going in this path, your feet didn't get dirty. That's what Hashem is telling from you know, that even you went and you killed people, whatever, but you, didn't, you yourself didn't get dirty. Nothing, it didn't affect you. You didn't do anything wrong. Okay. Now there's a, there's a, a, a little interesting discussion. Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha Oimer. Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha says, Avram Hischel Rishon Laaser Boilam. Avram Avinu was the first person to give Maeser, to give tithes, a tenth of his earnings, let's say. He was the first person in the world to do such a thing. He took a tenth of whatever he got from the stem and Amara and light, etc. And he gave it to Shem ben Noyach. It says in the Pasuk, we'll, we'll say over the whole, the, the, the whole uh, what's it called? The whole passage. It says, Malkitzedek Melech Shalem, Malkitzedek the king of Shalem, which Chazal tell us was Shem ben Noyach. He brought out bread and water. And he's a Kayin to Hashem. We mentioned before in Parakhes that shame was a Bukhar and everyone who was a Bukhar was a Kain at that time period. So shame was a Bukhar, Malkitzlari was a Bukhar, so they're Kain. That's why who Kain Lekel Yain. And he said, Baruch Avram Lekel Yain, Kinei Shemaim Baretz. No, what did he say? What's the Lashon of what he said? This is what happens when you try to do things by heart. Wait, just to go back for a second. Yeah. You say that the night that. King Ashurash had his dream. Yeah. I thought he had his dream after the first party, which was after the three days that Esther and everybody was fasting, which was part of Pesach. It's a good question. There you go. It's a good question. I don't know. You have to know how that works with the other Midrashim, I guess. 
One second. Where's the pasuk? Yeah. Baruch Avram Lekeliyon Kenei Blessed is Avram to the God above who acquires the heavens and the earth. Uvaruch Kelayon, and blessed is the God of the God above, who provided your needs in your hand. And he gave him a tenth of everything. So it's sort of the, the, the pronoun over here is a sort of uh, ambiguous who the, what the antecedent is. He gave him a tenth of everything. Who gave to whom a tenth of everything? So Chazal over here are telling us that. Aram Avinu gave to shame or Malkitzedek, who was a Kayan, a tenth of everything. So Avram Avinu gave him a tenth. Avram Avinu, and, and that's where the manager is coming with its assertion that Avram Avinu was the first person in the world to give Maeser. That's what it says in the manager. Now, there's a very interesting Rambam in the beginning of Hilchas Milachim. Not in the beginning, in Perak Tess and Hilchas Milachim. Perak Tess, Halacha Aleph and Hilchas Milachim. The Ramam goes through the history of mitzvahs. We started like 15 minutes later. I know. Uh, the history of mitzvahs. It says the first six mitzvahs were given to Adam Rishon, Avedi Zorah, cursing Hashem, uh, killing people, Gilead Arias, stealing, having courts. Those are given to Adam Rishon. Then, then came along Noyach. Hashem added the mitzvah of Erem to Noyach. Then it says, and then, the, and then that's how the world was until Avram Avinu came. Avram Avinu got the mitzvah of Mila, and he was he instituted Shachras. Yitzchak was the first person to be mafresh to separate Meiser, and he added Mincha. Yaakov Avinu got the mitzvah of Gidon Nasheh, and he started Meiriv. And then the Rambam finishes as in Mitzrayim, Amram got certain mitzvahs, and then Moshe Rabbeinu came, and we got the rest of the mitzvahs. Uh, it happens to be that the implication of this Rambam is that the mitzvahs that we got before Matan Torah, the reason why we keep those mitzvahs is because. We got them before Matan Torah. They ask us a famous question. The Rambam in Pirish Mishnayis and Chulun and Perik Nosha says that all the mitzvahs, even the ones that we got before Matan Torah, the only reason that the only thing that obligates us to keep those mitzvahs is the fact that we got it again at Matan Torah, not that we got it beforehand. It's a famous question in the Rambam how he understands it. But I'll, I'll, either way, the, what the Rambam says over here is that Yitzchok was the one who separated Meiser first. That's what it says over here. So the question is. Pirkei Debeleza says that Avraham Avinu was the first person to give Maeser. And the Ram says, Yitzchik was the first person to give Maeser. So the Ravid, who is not shy when it comes to arguing on the Rambam, Rambam Ravid always argue, Ravid says, no, Rambam is wrong. Ravid says, well, Avraham Avinu, what the Rambam should have written is, Avraham Avinu was Masak in Shachris, and he was the first person to take Maeser. And Yitzchik was Masak in Mincha. That's what the, the Ravid says, that the Rambam should have written. So the Ravid is arguing. He's saying, no, Yitzchak was the first, Avram was the first person to give Maeser, not Yitzchak. And the Migdal Oiz. Okay, so we have a Machlikis, I guess, called a Machlikis, Ramam and Ravid. Who was the first person to give Maeser? Was it Avram or Yitzchak? The Ramam says, um, uh, 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 Yitzchak was the first person to give Maeser. And the Ravid argues and says, no, Avram was the first, Avram was the first person to give Maeser. So the Migdal Oiz is one of the Mepharshim on the Rambam, Rabbeinu Shem Tov Ben Shem Tov. If, if this was in the beginning of the year, I would say an interesting story about him. But it's not in the beginning of the year. So, so we won't say it. But the Migdal Oiz says, it's not really, you know, this Machlikis, it's not, it's not so difficult to say that it's Machlikis, because we already find that Midrashim argue about this. 
Because as I mentioned, it says in the Pasuk, He gave to him a tenth of everything. So the question is, who gave to whom? Well, Pekadabliezer says the Migdalais, Pekadabliezer understands that Avram gave to Malkisadek. So if Avram gave to Malkisadek, you can say that Avram was the first person to give Maeser. But the Migdalais says, other Midrashim understand that who gave to whom? Malkisadek gave to Avram Avinu. He gave Avram Avinu Maeser. And therefore, you can't say that Avram Avinu was the first person to give Maeser. Rather, you have to say that Yitzhak was the first person to give Maeser. We're going to see... Oh, one second. We're going to see later on Paraglam at Gimel. It says explicitly that Yitzhak gave Maeser. So the Rambam understood that must be Yitzhak was the first person. Because the Rambam understood that Vayitain Loi means that Bakisada gave to Avram. And we find... We don't find the Medrash that says this, but we do find the Chizkunia says this, the Radak and other Rishayim say this idea that Bakisada gave to Avram, not Avram gave to Bakisada. Oh, good question. The Shari Aaron, which is a popular anthology on Chumash, Shari Aaron asks, well, I asked on the Migdalois, Migdalois, how could you say that the Pshad and the Rambam, that the Rambam says that Yitzhak was the first person to give Maeser, is because the Medrash says that Vaitein Loi means Malkisedek gave to Avram, so you can't say that Avram was the first person, rather it must have been Yitzhak. No, Malkisedek was the first person to give Maeser. Shame, whatever, Malkisedek, he was the first person. How can you say that it was Yitzhak? It should be Malk- If that's the Pshad in the Ram, it should be that Malkisedek gave. That's the Shari Aaron's Kasha. On the Migdolis. By the way, you should know that the Marshal, in Yamshul Shlomi, he, he, he hates the he not hates, uh, he blasts the Migdolis. He says that the Migdolis was transgressing the aver of Baltashchis because he wasted ink in, in the sefer that he wrote. <laughs> That's the marshal in, in, in his introduction to Baba Kama, I believe. Akuponim. <laughs> so, okay, so, so, what, so what do we do with the... What are we, so, what, so, my, so we have to throw out the Migdalois and say a different chat. I think the Shari Aaron says this. The Mesha Chokhmah says another chat. what it means that he gave to him a tenth of everything. Who gave to whom? Says the Meshachachma, and it's based on the Zayar and other Midrashim. Who gave to whom? It's like about Hashem giving to Avram Avinu a tenth of everything. What does that mean? We know that there's 70 nations in the world, and Hashem promised that Avram Avinu is going to conquer seven of those nations, the seven, na- seven Canaanite nations, even though Hashem mentioned ten nations, but, but there are seven nations of Canaan, and the three are reserved for the Messiah. So the seven nations, Hashem gave a promise to Avram that they're going to conquer seven out of 70 nations, this is a tenth. So that's what it means. means Hashem gave to Avram Avinu a tenth of everything. So you can say that the Rambam learned like that, that how to understand the positive that Hashem gave to Avram. So who was the first person to give Maeser? Not Avram, not Malkitzedek, must have been Yitzchak. That's where the Rambam is coming from. The Kess of Mishnah has a different tarot. Um What's the Kess of Mishnah's tarot? What? Ramam Hilchas Malachim, Perak Tes, Halacha Aleph. Oh, the Kess of Mishnah says that the Kess of Mishnah says that Yitzhak was the first person to give Meiser Ksofim, like Meiser from his income, for what he got, so he gave to, to, as Meiser. Avroh Avinu, he only gave a tenth of, of, of the booty 
as a COVID to Malkisedek. He wasn't giving it like as a, as a, as a halacha, as a tithe. He was giving it as like a for, for Malkisedek. Okay. Right. Great. 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 No, he's saying, he, the cancer mission is saying that really the Ramam agrees with Pirkei Debelezer that Avram gave to, to, to Malkisedek. But he wasn't giving him a tenth of his income. He was giving him like a tenth of, of, the, of the spoils of the war because you know, he, wanted, he wanted to show him COVID. It's a different halacha. One is like you're showing covet, and, and Yitzchak was the one who did a tenth of the a tithe of his of his income to, to give to the poor people or whatever. And what, what kind of uh, mind is Malkisedek? No, according to the Ram, according to the Kesef mission, you don't have to say Malkisedek gave to Avram. Are you saying according to the Migdal is what was why was Malkisedek giving to Avram? So 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 I don't want to speak about that, but if you want to speak about that, you can say like this because Chazal tells us that Hashem took away the Kahuna from shame. Because Shem gave a bracha to, to Avram before he gave a bracha to Hashem, so Hashem took away the kuna from Shem. Right? Yeah, that's, a, that's what Rashi says. This. I think, it's, yeah, it says, Baruch Avram lekel al yain, First he gave a bracha to Avram, and then the next passage says, Uvaruch kel al yain, Hashem began to be adacha, and then it, he, he gave a bracha to Hashem. So there was a taina against Machisedek that he gave a bracha to Avram before he gave a bracha to Hashem. To, 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 to Hashem, so Hashem took away the kuhuna from shame and gave it to Avram. That's what you can say. And we parakhes that Avram Avinu was a was a kain. We'll probably speak about it again sometime. That Avram Avinu had certain dinam of a kain. So because Avram Avinu was a kain, Machisedek gave him meiser. That's what you can say. There's another mafarish Emek uh, Hamelach in the back of the the Shabtai Frankel edition of the Rambam. He says other truths into this question, but we'll leave it at that. Right, let's just finish off the parak. All the nations are going to, I don't know, we'll see. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Yossa Shem ben Nech Likrasai, Shem the son of Nech came to greet him. And Shem saw two points. He saw all the things that Avram Avinu did, that his small army was able to defeat the big army of the four kings. And, and he was impressed with that. And he also saw that Avram Avinu was doing it for altruistic purposes because Avram Avinu took all the all the spoils and gave back everything was, that was taken away from from the people of the of the five kings. So you see that Avram Avinu was a big tzaddik. So he was impressed with these two points. And he was wondrous in his eyes, in his heart, that Avram Avinu would do such thing. So so he began to praise and to, to, to exalt and to, to, to sing different praises of Hashem. He said, Blessed is the high Hashem who provided for your needs in your hand. Avram stood up and he prayed in front of Kadesh Baruch Hu. And he said, I didn't do all of this with my power. Rather, with the power of your right hand. Because you are my protector in this world and in the world to come. It says in the Pasuk, So you protect me, you're a protector for me. That's like about you are my honor or my glory and you lift up my, uh, my head that's like and we'll see more about this point in the next paragraph 
and the Malachim and Shemayim answered and they said, Blessed are you Hashem, the protector and the savior of Avram. The Malachim and Shemayim. And we're going to see that next week, next week we're gonna, the next parak we're going to start off with Hashem says to Avram, and he says, I'm your, I'm your protector, your savior. Your, your merits are, are very numerous. And Chazlagana tells us, what's like about Elam Azeb? Mogin Lacha is Elam Azeb. Schor Chayar Ben Yahid is like about Elam Azeb. That's Hashem when we start the next pair. Alright, I'll go to work.